Welcome to part two of the Danny Rock interview. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, it came out Monday. I strongly recommend going and listening to that. Um, please enjoy part two. Yeah. Um, given that you were like administrating and supporting the organization of online school, what do you think, like, what is the most important thing to be valued and uh, considered of the student? of the students when uh, planning a model for school? Um, the thing that I'm the most concerned about is the amount of instructional time that students have. And, and then, so we looked carefully at, in each of our different models, how much instructional time would students have in each of those models in their classes? And then right behind that, of course, is what is the quality of that instructional experience? Um, our students, our students, the time that they do have with teachers, is it being used as, the most effectively as possible um, to ensure that we don't have a growing gap of, of skill and knowledge for students? And, uh, you know, because the biggest concern I have is that we would, we would leave this year and a third of, of, you know, remote learning and have students with huge gaps in their, in their skill sets. Um, and that we would have disproportionate gaps where, you know, poor students or students of color would end up with larger gaps than, than our white students um, uh, or students who are not on free and reduced. Like, so those are the things that concern me. And so those, those have helped inform some of the ways in which we've, uh, develop supports and interventions for students. Uh, some of the options that are on the table when a student starts struggling. Um, we're, for instance, we're we're working with students a lot more quickly to convert their class load from a graded classes to pass fail classes if they're if they're really struggling to engage. Um, that being said. Um, we're in the analysis of, of how many D's and F's our students have earned first semester as compared to a typical semester, it looks like we might be, and, and it's hard to say until final grades are posted here for uh, quarter two, but it looks like we're on pay, <clears throat> pace to have higher than normal D's and F's. And, um, so that's, that's concerning. Um, surprising but but concerning and something that we're going to we're going to want to pay attention to how we how we structure our uh, kind of our early warning systems for second semester um yeah um it, around like the country and i'm sure on bashan too like depression rates are increasing and like mental health is on the minds of a lot more Teenagers, I guess people all over the map from all ages, but uh, I feel like especially it's hard for students who are not attending school and seeing their friends and lo locked in their house with various different um, at-home situations. How has the school addressed this and have they um, created a broader outreach during remote learning? It's a great question. Um... First of all, it is it has been almost the number one worry of anyone working with with youth 
that the pandemic response um, was to increase mental health concerns. And I don't, you know, I, we, we don't have good, good data on that quite yet. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine over the break who, who works uh, with youth uh, on the, in Bellevue and, and Lake Washington and Kirkland area. Um, he supports organizations that, that serve thousands of youth over there. And he was, he was telling me that, um, that surprisingly the mental health rates are actually uh, are much, much better. Um, some of the early signs of, of youth mental health are much better uh, overall than expected. So, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to be a little more patient and just collect more data to see. I, I can give you lots of personal anecdotes of individual students who are really struggling and students who didn't struggle, who, who are not typical strugglers who have really struggled in this pandemic. Um, so I, I uh, even if, even if our overall rates of, of depression are uh, end up not being, um, you know, alarming in them of themselves. The individual stories of students who have struggled are really, um, are really sad, and, and something that we're that we're paying attention to and being responsive to. In terms of what we're doing about it, um, so just to be clear, we're concerned, but we need to collect more information and data before we know yet what the full toll of mental health is uh, during this during COVID for our young people. There is some reason to be optimistic. Um, at least some initial reasons uh, for me uh, that I, to be optimistic about it. In terms of what we're doing, uh, we have um, increased our our communication and partnership with mental health agencies um, like Care and Vashon Youth and Family Services, and, and our own uh, school-based team, which include our our school counselors, um, our school psych. We have a school psychologist who primarily serves students in special ed, but also can support uh, other students. Um, and then some other partners we have, and uh, like Moan Trammell and um, uh, the new hire at Delaney um, Steele. She supports our Latino families. So we're, we're working to, uh, we meet weekly um, with that group and we, we, um, refer individual students and families to be contacted and supported with um, either mental health supports or other kind of case management or, or social emotional supports. So um, we've, we've increased our coordination and in, in the amount of time and effort we spend kind of working with those students. Um, and we are starting, a, a, we're, we're launching in, here after the new year in second period and i don't i think it's going to start start tomorrow but if not very soon um right at the start of the day second period um teachers are going to share with students kind of a five minute um way to to recenter relax and and reconnect with themselves in a in a positive way and and we'd we'd love actually to to take to take the practices that our own students use and then share them with our other students. So the first example is going to be something that was shared with, with us by a, a VHS student, something that he listens to when he wants to recenter and kind of reground himself. And we're going to share that with the whole school. 
um, as something that they can do. And we want to get more examples of, of that, um, that little kind of practices that our own students are using. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ty, you want to ask the next question? Um, yeah, I was kind of going to piggyback on what we've been talking about. Like, for the general student who, like, might not be reaching out to, like, the services that have been provided, like, what are you going to be doing for the person who, like, hasn't had a history or something like that, but is facing these issues? And there's not a lot of, like face-to-face contact to really like see how they're doing Mm -hmm. um well there's two ways that 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 can happen one is is um through a referral and so um something that our um um student uh, board representatives so we have students right who um or um, they meet with the school board and their, and their rep- student representatives. Um, and one of them wanted to make sure that we re- re-communicated out to the student body how to use our anonymous alerts process um, to highlight when, when someone else is struggling. So uh, one thing that, and, and actually, probably the best way in which over the years I've seen students kind of have a flag raised for them is by other students doing that. Um, And they can do it anonymously through our anonymous alerts um, program, which is off the website. And also there's an app if you download, Um, or it's also uh, an option to, um, uh, to just send an email directly like to a staff person or someone you trust saying my friend so-and-so needs help. Um, the other thing that we're going to, to be launching, we're, we're in the process of coordinating a, a school-wide um, survey that would give us data on students who are, um, who are struggling uh, with their mental health um, or with other things, um, either violence at home or, or instability at home or food insecurity or, or drug use or anything that could be contributing to, to kind of personal struggle. And it's a survey that we want to administer to eventually the entire 10th grade we're looking at. Uh, and that would actually be a proactive way for us to collect data on students who, who might share for the very first time with someone that they're not doing well. There aren't a lot of tools, unfortunately, that are out there for high schoolers um, to be able to, for us to administer, to get a, give us that kind of information. A lot of the tools that have been developed are more appropriate for elementary school or sometimes middle school students. The final thing I wanna say is um, students usually, when they're struggling with their mental health, they're not doing well, it's pretty rare for them to hold up all their other normal practices at the same time, usually, other things start to suffer in response to their personal struggle. And when those things emerge, those other struggles, whether that's grades or engagement in, in other activities, um, then people notice whether that's parents or other caring adults, right. Or other students. And so we've, we've captured a lot of students who have struggled just simply because their grades have dropped suddenly. 
and either we've reached out or the parents have reached out or the students reached out. And at the end of that, what we've discovered is the student needs a lot more mental health supports. Yeah, um, speaking of grades, I feel like online learning has brought this to light even more given that the quarters are so short and like um, small like inconsistencies, inconsistencies in grading can affect your grades so much. Um, how do you feel about like inconsistent grading scales among teachers um, around standards-based grading and like uh, normal grading for standards-based grading and like is there a transition plan or uh, like is uh, yeah I guess that's my question <laughs> yeah um, so there's there's I have two kind of two answers to that one um, there there are there's a range of what I would call acceptable or understandable or equally good ways for teachers to assess students that can look different. And so absolute consistency between classes would actually not be appropriate um, because different content in different grade levels um, do call for different ways to assess learning. Um, between those classes and content. And so students who are wanting an apples to apples comparison between their their grading scales or their grading um, uh, in my opinion, we shouldn't be at a place where we grade every student the same. Um, in, in other words, you know, that, that there's the same standards or the same uh, whatever, you know, like the, 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 um, that's appropriate. Um, but in respect to variability that's that's not, you know, helpful or that students would, would say is unfair, um, that's, that's something that I want to know about, that we want to know about so that we can respond to it. Um, I did have some students recently, you know, highlight that. Uh, that was, those are some of the comments that came through in the survey. And um, and like you say, the 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 impact the, the classes are moving so fast right now in the quarter model that it does um, each each assignment does have a heavier weight. It, it feels like to students. Um, final thing I'd say is that we're we have more teachers this year than ever before who are using standards based grading as we make our kind of into to having standards based grading across the school. And so there are teachers who are, who are practicing using standards-based grading who, who have never used it before. And, and so their, their familiarity or expertise around it is, is emerging. And, um, and so how they, how they use it compared to some of their more experienced colleagues is going to look different. And that's, I'm not saying that as a, Justification, just more of an explanation. Um, I still want to know um, what students are experiencing and how it's being applied to their learning so that we can smooth out those rough edges. Um, but it is it is a pretty new practice for some of the staff who are using, using this grading practice this year. On top of everything else, of course. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll move to a more fun note. Uh, we'll finish off this episode with some uh, rock trivia, given that you have a pretty cool last name, mm. Rock. Mm. And that you're the principal on an island that is re- referred to as The Rock. Right. Um, speaking of which, how long have you had the nickname D-Rock? And do you like that nickname? Oh, I do like the nickname. It's fun. Uh, it comes, uh, you know, I had friends who called me D-Rock um, when I was in high school, but but I never had a, a large group of people call me D-Rock until I moved here. And my e- it was, it's from my email, obviously, D-Rock. My, right. my email when I was in Seattle Public was C-D-Rock because my first name is Charles. And uh, when I was in Edmonds, my email was Rock D A Rock Da. So <laughs> D Rock is uh, this is the first time I've had an email address that sort of supports. Yeah. Okay. Right. okay. Sorry. All right. Uh, so, question one of Rock trivia: um, This actor and cultural icon was a college football player at the University of Miami. Uh, with which he won the national championship in 1991. Uh, he aspired for a professional career in football. Unfortunately, that didn't really work out. So um, he became a WWE wrestler, left WWE in 2004, and has the nickname The Rock. Oh, man. Um, well, I was going to refer to him as The Rock, but now you're asking for his name, aren't you? Yeah, we need... The Rock's name. Because he was actually quite talented as Maui in the movie Moana. He actually did all the singing for those songs. True. Um, uh, did a great reprisal job in Jumanji 2. True. Um, oh my gosh. This is so embarrassing. The Rock. Oh, Dwayne Johnson. There we okay, go. Good work. Good work. <laughs> Okay, this branch of geology studies rocks and the conditions under which they form. It has three subdivisions, igneous, metamorphic, and sedimentary. You're talking about archaeology? No, petrology. Petrology. I believe this is our hardest hardest question. Wow. Um, But yeah, that is essentially the study of rocks. Yeah, well, petra, that's the Greek root rock. Yep. All right. This... Uh, American program of animated musical educational short films ILD aired sorry not ILD aired on the Saturday morning children's block of ABC themes included grammar science economics history mathematics and civics wow wow you guys have you ever seen any of the schoolhouse rock episodes yourself or of course in school yeah. a few times for sure. Wow. Yeah, so there's a great song. I I learned how to count to twelve from Schoolhouse Rock. Congrats. How how old were you? Like thirty-five? Um, you know, I'm not gonna be able to I'm not so good at picking out dates from my childhood, but <laughs> but it yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay. This is an American comedian actor television producer and filmmaker after working with as working as a stand-up comedian and, and appearing in support supporting film roles um he came to wider prominence as a cast member of saturday saturday night live in the early 1990s 
So would you believe that a lot of people call me Chris and don't ever think about the fact that I'm neither black nor that funny? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I get, I actually have people call me Chris and I don't, I usually don't say anything. I just kind of let it go. Just they'll keep calling me Chris. Uh, I feel like that make that's the right approach. Yeah. 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 Um, so Chris Rock, of course, is the answer. Yeah. All right. So uh, this genre of music has influences from jazz, classical, and other um, music genres. Musically, this genre mostly uses electric guitar um, as part of a group with bass, guitar, and drums. Uh, it has a four-to-four uh, beat and is a verse-chorus form. Mm. Man, you guys are really, really working me. Um, I want to say Zydeco, but that's not quite right. <laughs> um, gosh. Um, I'm going to go with rock and roll. Correct. Well done. Well done. <sighs> Who knew rock had so much versatility? Wow. Well, uh, all-time favorite rock band for me, U2. Yeah? Yeah. Modern day influence is Imagine Dragons. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been an honor to have you. Um, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work, you guys, and go Pirates. Go Pirates. Go Pirates. Go Pirates.